Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. Welcome to Travel Market Life. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes, and we are back on the road again. Yes, can you believe we're coming up towards the end of the year? And you haven't checked out all the events. They are back and they are physical. So Haynes Marcoms and Travel Market Life will be attending a number of the events coming up, including World Travel Market, the Abta Travel and Marketing Show, as well as a Travolution Summit and Hotel 360, the annual hotel conference. So check us out and meet us there. It'll be lovely to see you. On today's show, we're going to be looking at safety audits and COVID-19 accreditation. We're going to be exploring what it means to have, be, have accessible policies, sustainability policies, and managing your supply, supply chain. Joining me today is David Atkin, a Managing Director and Safety Consultant at Sanderson Phillips. He began his career in travel at luxury tour operator Elegant Resorts and has worked with ITC Luxury Travel Group and the Aspiration Group before joining Sanderson Phillips. He's a fellow of the International Institute of Risk and Safety Management and the Institute of Travel and Tourism, an associate member of the Chartered Institute of Environmental Health also. He holds a number of risk and safety qualifications, making him a man in the know when it comes to audits. Sanderson Phillips has been providing expert auditing and consultancy services to the international leisure and travel industry since 1997, taking the responsibility for managing travel safety practices implementing robust and watertight safety and risk assessment procedures to meet legal and moral obligations. And obviously at this point in time, as we start to open travel, safety and security is certainly at the forefront of our consideration when it comes to our travellers' well-being. So David, thank you ever so much for joining us today. How are things going there at Sanderson Phillips? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks very much for, for having me along. Um, yeah, we're, we're very busy, as, as you might imagine, as particularly as, as destinations begin to open up and, uh, and, and tour operators and, and our other clients are looking to, uh, you know, to make sure that, that all those processes are still in place. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it must have been quite a moment uh, when things happened 18 months ago as you started to look at what you were delivering and how you could support the actual travel industry with reopening. So um, how's that sort of like journey been and, and how have the industry been sort of responding and engaging uh, with uh, the safety audits? Yeah, it's been it's been actually a really rewarding process if, if it can be. Um, the obviously talking very closely to to our uh, existing clients, finding out how how it was for them, and obviously it was it was pretty awful at the start. Um, so just trying to support what they were doing really, it was, it was quite important for us to try and keep the process going to make sure that that the audits were were continuing to go out. Um, because otherwise we'd have just ended up with a huge backlog and, and, and it would have been um, difficult you know, to catch up. So we've tried to work with, with the supply chain um, that, that our clients are using and, and persuade them that you know, even though maybe they might be uh, on, on low staff numbers or even closed, that, that they still need to complete you know, the checklist and the audits to ensure that when things do open up, that they're in the best possible position to to, to have clients come back again. So um, we were largely successful with that. We, we had some um, challenges, obviously, getting hold of, of some um, properties and, and suppliers. They just literally weren't there, unfortunately, and, and some destinations continue to be like that. So we've, we've tailored our approach, given people a little bit more time to, to complete the audits. Um, but no, it's been a, we, we've talked to our clients um, a lot, and, and that's been 
nice in some ways, although some conversations have been difficult, but we do feel that, that there's a big corner been turned you know, in the last, last couple of weeks. I mean, it really is it's more than just sort of meeting policy. It really is about revenue and business operations at this moment in time, having these accreditations and having these audits in place. So it, it, re- it means a lot more to a business. And I guess, as you say, you know, with the opening and closing, um, the restrictions that are in place, it must have made your life incredibly difficult, as you sort of adhered to just there. Um, and, and then also, as you say, sort of like making sure that um, all businesses have the right level of resources to support the audit um now you you sort of um take approach you've got like the safety audit and then there's the covid19 um sort of accreditation do you want to explain to me sort of like what the difference is between the two and sort of how you approach um your audits in the first place yeah sure so so the safety audit's been around since, since we started the business that's that's where um, we, we help most of our clients and um, they're generally focused on accommodation but we we are increasingly auditing more transportation and activities and excursions because obviously they, they present risk as well um, there's very op- various options with the the accommodation audit um, obviously an on-site visit um, is, is very thorough but but gets particularly expensive um, so we we created a um, uh, an audit that can be done remotely so it's it's done via uh, an online assessment uh, that the property complete themselves and yes it's important that that somebody completes it who who knows how to answer the questions uh, it's, it's fairly obvious when you get someone who who maybe isn't um uh, isn't able to answer everything so that that is sent from the desk we, we audit it when it comes back it cover it comes covers various topics from uh, as you might imagine fire safety fuel food hygiene um and then water safety as well, including Legionnaire's disease, that kind of thing. Uh, the leisure facilities, uh, we go into general areas such as um, whether they have public liability insurance, national certificates for operation, that kind of thing. Um, and then other areas of safety, for example, balconies, uh, if the steep drops over water, accommodation, that kind of thing. Um, and it's it's all tailored to the, the style of property, also the size, where it's located as well, because clearly not, not one size fits all. So um, the the audit process is um, is subjective. It takes into account, uh, you know, the unique characteristics of each property. Um, and, and we we don't operate a scoring system. We, we have a grading system. So it's it's um, sometimes a little bit fairer on some of the smaller, more niche properties as well. Um, and then, of course, since COVID came along, we, we, we have to ask about that now, um, that there is no global standard for, for what you should um, be doing for, for COVID as, as a property or supplier. There's some very good guidance out there. The World Health Organization have some, some very good guidelines, as do um, uh, ISO released a, a tourism um, guidance document, which is publicly available. So there's lots of really good um, you know, procedures and processes out there. But with everything, you have to test that it's in place. You have to satisfy yourself that, that you know what the property are saying. Um, that they're actually delivering um, there were lots of very uh, impressive um, well-branded marketing pieces as I'm sure you've seen from lots of hotel chains and other other suppliers saying how how clean their hotel rooms are now it's a little bit worrying as to how clean they were beforehand um, but yeah we, we we encourage our our clients to try and satisfy themselves per property that, that those those things are in place. 
I was going to say, I mean, it's not really a selling mark, is it, to say that your beds and uh, bedrooms are clean, that the hotel uh, keeps itself uh, clean. And, and um, so, but what is the difference, I guess, when it comes to sort of like the COVID policies and the regular policies and uh, sort of like what sort of guidance do you provide to um, businesses when it comes to really identifying which policy to follow or which guidelines to implement yeah exactly so so there's um there's a minimum standards level which is included in in, in the regular audits we do now on behalf of our clients and and that's that's slowly filtering through um so as as we reaudit we're asking those questions um the the accreditation came about because there was a um a very almost urgent need that um, both the properties could satisfy themselves that they were doing everything they could relative to their their environment, um, but also that they could have um, an independently verified certificate that, that showed their um, that, that their procedures were were robust enough to to welcome back visitors because it was clearly such um, such an important um, issue that that you can't just tick a box with it you had to go a lot deeper than that so that's where the accreditation came from and we were very lucky to work with a, a partner organization organization of ours uh, global secure accreditation uh, and, and with their help and uh, some medical expertise from from the likes of collinson we, we created a, a 53 standard audit of our own uh, in the absence of, of any other um, international benchmark um, and we're very proud of that. Actually, it took a, a lot of effort to get to that point. There's over 320 requirements that, that a hotel would have to meet or explain why they didn't need to meet it, meet it in order to, um, to satisfy uh, the, the, um, the standard. Uh, it was particularly challenging because we couldn't visit anywhere. We had to do it all remotely. So gathering evidence was, was obviously a challenge, but we used technology to the full um, using video interviews and, and other techniques, obviously, to, to gather information. Um, and it was very much from our side being the auditor, we, we, we wanted it to be a collaborative process. Our, our aim was to obviously help help properties and to, 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 to gain the accreditation. Um, so, so we, we helped them a lot. We, we had lots of, lots of calls and, and it was very, as I say, very collaborative. And then there were, um, three levels of, um, of review before it even got to SFJ awards. So, so very robust process. Um, and we're pleased to say that the, the properties we, we've worked with have been able to to demonstrate that compliance with, with uh, all their stakeholders. And I guess it's not just about the standards, it's also about the processes and ensuring that they're involved in every employee's um, day-to-day task and management, um, that they're adhering to those policies. And so has that been a particularly particular challenge um, for some of your customers to really sort of train up their staff and, and, and get them um, involved in that process? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, staff training was a huge part of it. Um, and uh, even down to them, you know, recognizing that their, their, their own illness, if, if, if they were, you know, if they were poorly showing symptoms that, you know, they shouldn't come to work. It, it was hugely detailed on, on the staff training side um, for, for their own safety, but the comfort of, of, of the guests and, and ultimately, you know, people were traveling to, to relax and be on holiday. So, so creating a, a not too clinical environment was, was also, uh, um, uh, you know, a, a difficulty for, for the properties. And it's been, you know, hugely challenging time for everybody i think the 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 main thing that we wanted to see evidence of was a was a regular review process and we were conscious that you know governments were changing the requirements all the time and and hopefully lessening them you know over time once vaccinations kicked in and that kind of thing that that they could um relax some of the um 
some of the distancing and, and, and you know, personal hygiene requirements, etc. Um, but yeah, constant regular review is very, very important. And we also conduct some open source intelligence on on the properties that that were granted the accreditation. Um, we didn't just rely on them telling us when they had instance. We we we, um, we looked for uh, instances or, or issues and situations that might negate the certification. So it's it's an ongoing process and reviewed annually. We're we're doing going through all the reviews uh, just now. Right. So accreditation really should be reviewed on an annual basis. Yeah. So. I mean, you could technically review it as, as often often as you wanted. We'd, we'd support anybody that wanted to do it more regular than that. But um, yeah, we felt annual was was the the right frequency for for the COVID um, reaudit, unless something changed massively at the property and then you needed to um, to have another look. But we we came with this concept of a, of a health security perimeter where anything you know was coming in or out of your boundary, a person or or a delivery or, or anything would need to be um, assessed. Um, and, and obviously all, all the back of house areas, how, how you handle um, waste and recycling and literally every single aspect of, of the operation was looked at. No, I mean, as you say, you know, a travel is meant to be an enjoyable, relaxing experience. And um, you've got so, so many different types of sort of COVID guidelines at different properties and businesses. And some have been pretty strict, um, obviously adhering as much as possibly to the line as, as, as they can do. Um, are you expecting these guidelines to change? Um, I mean, you mentioned sort of dependent on sort of what the government's uh, sort of indicating. So I guess, uh, you know, w- w- will businesses start to see um, these sort of these policies become a little bit easier to manage um, or would you say that it's best to sort of like keep them at a specific high standard and and, and um, then at least you're ready for any possibility of uh, future um, problems like this yeah exactly I think the, the the complexity now is because each country is at a different stage so um, obviously we're auditing, auditing internationally against a standard um, but some of those requirements are, are literally not law in, in that country of operation any longer. So, so yeah, we, 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 we have set precedent along the way. We've kept the standard as it is. Obviously, we've adapted where the science has, has said that, you know, either it needs, um, that there should be more requirements in that, in that area or, or, you know, you can relax them globally, uh, if you like. But it's, um, it's important to keep the, the structure of the standard in place and then yes we set precedent either by country or property style um, as we go forward and hopefully relaxing the number of requirements that need to be met in order to to prove that you are COVID compliant. Um, I certainly feel that eventually we, we will look at COVID um, as part of a, of a general hygiene topic uh, on an audit. Um, it won't be its own uh, own section hopefully going forward um because of the vaccination program and the fact that you know we're just going to have to have to live with it um, at some point so we'll we'll be very much looking at it from a prevention of spread of infection point of view i.e you know if you discover a case in your environment within your health security premise how do you deal with it in, in the same way that you, you'd have to deal with a, a case of, or an outbreak of norovirus or, or something of that nature um it's actually the 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 the, the disease of the virus is very similar to Legionnaire's disease and the, there's very sort of strict rules around how you can prevent that happening. So there will be some policies, some um, uh, you know, procedures that have to stay in place for, for forevermore now to, to help prevent COVID. Yeah. 
I mean, and then there's a couple of uh, other issues that have really sort of started to come to the forefront a lot more um, during the last 18 months. And one of them is um, accessibility. You know, we're in the age of equality. Um, How far do you see the industry has come in providing accessibility? And what are the core issues and problem areas that um, you are facing when you're speaking to hotels and the industry? Yeah, so I think if you look at the larger brands, and um, again, it depends where you are in the world and, and how geared up you are as a, as a country, I think, in terms of, of providing um, accessible options. But um, a lot of the larger brands have, have been doing some very good things on this for, for a long time, but we're seeing um, and sensing that, that smaller smaller brands and, and chains and, and even independent properties now are looking to um, to be able to cater for, for guests with accessibility needs. And um, often that's, well, it, it, not often, it, it is. It's not just a case of, of um, you know, being wheelchair accessible. There are a number of different considerations uh, to, to take into account. Um, obviously, access is important, but um, some some guests with, dis- um, with, with disabilities and accessibility needs um, you, you know they, they they can go up and downstairs so you need to consider um, almost every kind of, of, of eventuality um, again staff training very very important um, to be able to to deal with um, you know to deal with the challenges um, in, in a compassionate way but also um, uh, you know being able to to, to cater and, and open up um, as, as many facilities as is possible. Uh, I think the worst thing that that a property could do is, is convert a couple of rooms into accessible rooms, but then the rest of the resort, for example, not not be open and available. So you, if if it's a um, uh, if, if if properties are looking to um, to develop and 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 offer that to to um, guests with, with those needs, then then they have to to do it across the whole board. So we look at everything from from the management um, responsibility how how guests with, with needs are dealt with in an emergency for example a fire or an evacuation these they need to be handled um, in a slightly different way so more provision needs to be put in place um, and then things as well like transportation and um, you know whether if, if the if the property has owned vehicles that, that do airport transfers for example can they you know, can they uh, also provide them for guests with accessibility needs? So, yeah, very specific and tailored. Um, a lot of countries have their own requirements and, and codes for how, you know, bedrooms and bathrooms, for example, need to be set up. Um, fire alarm systems, there's, there's all sorts of areas where we, we have to look at. And is this a legal requirement in the UK in particular? Because, I mean, you've got a lot of old hotel buildings that must be incredibly difficult to um, make accessible. Yeah, the, the the slight change in the in the package travel regulations um, at the last last review was that the travel provider needs to be able to um, advise a client who has an inquiry about whether a property is accessible or not. They need to be able to demonstrate that they have enough information to give that client. So, um, if they requested a particular hotel, they would they would maybe need to know how many rooms were or might be available um, for, for guests with accessibility needs. Um, they wouldn't necessarily need to have done an audit on that property, but they would need to have information and, and, and give it to them. Obviously, if they then went through with the booking, it, it would be very advisable to, the, to then do an audit um, or even have an auditing process in place for the supply chain for accessibility already. That, that would be a really um, robust process. 
And I guess having gone through that, um, when it comes to your distribution network, you're able to inform all of the suppliers when it comes to your bookings uh, of exactly the state um, of your accessibility at your property and therefore just make selling a lot easier and more efficient. Yeah, and, and you'll find, um, we, 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 well, we're finding a lot more that that happens at contract stage. So so we're kind of post-contract stage. You know, the, 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 um, the detail that's not included either from from the, the property to the say the tour operator or vice versa um so it, it, it's information that should be gathered at, at contract stage but then whether if you want to interrogate it that's when you'd need a, a, an audit process yeah i mean for example the states the, the hotels in the states are very very used to this it's it's kind of part of of, of um of, of their processes so that it, it would be unusual for a, a property in the us not to tell you how many accessible routes they had generally and then, you know, another hot topic that has gained momentum over the last 18 months is sustainability. Uh, what factors do you look at within your sustainability audit? Um, I, again, it, a lot of properties are doing very well at this. So, so um, it, it makes our job easy in, in a lot of cases, but we go beyond just the environment environmental impact of, of, of um, a resort or a hotel um, it, it's more of a social responsibility audit in a way we're looking at um, again management responsibility and and and, and the culture um, within either the brand or, or the individual property um, you know how they involve their staff in the process and, and train them um, staff welfare is a big part of it so um, you, you know as, as, as much as looking after the environment is hugely important you know that the property needs to demonstrate that, that they're looking after their staff as well. Um, modern slavery is, is, is a big issue um, in travel. You can imagine the length of the supply chain in, in travel um, and also the, the local community and how they're involved in, in, um, in the property, either whether through employment opportunities or whether there are you know projects that, that, that the hotels support. Um, and then as part of the environmental side of it, we look at, you know, whether there's any wildlife on site or, or or, um, or whether they're they're supporting any any local projects along that of that nature. But the the main focus is is the is the environmental impact, you know, energy usage and and whether there's any uh, conscious effort to save energy and and water, um, whether there's any renewable energy or, or plans to put that in place, um, you know how how water is recycled, potentially reused if possible. You use grey water in the gardens, for example, um, and then a there's a lot around recycling and, and purchasing as well now, you know, making conscious decisions when, when, uh, when you're purchasing and the type of products that, that you're buying. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the supply chain, and uh, I guess this is uh, particularly important for some businesses, as you say, when they've been travel, because it's such a large supply chain, and how they commit to sustainability, or how you understand sort of their commitment um, to, to sustainability. How do you help businesses ensure that their partners are committing to some of these values and, and, and promises? Because that could be a hiccup for a few businesses if, if, if certain people decide to look beyond um, the actual business itself. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so the safety side is a legal requirement. You know, anybody that's creating a package has to demonstrate that um, that their suppliers are are providing all, all reasonable skill and care when when looking after their guests. So, so that's almost an easy one. That that's a, that's a no brainer. It has to happen. Um, so we we'd very much recommend a safety management system which sets out policies and, and commitments for, for the organization in terms of how they're going to assess their supply chains um, and then implement a process of, of due diligence and, and audit basically risk assessments and, and obviously that's where we come in as a, as a consultancy to help do that um, 
you know, training the staff as part of that's important. Uh, acting on um, feedback results, any incidents near misses or, or client complaints can all shape how um, how the supply chain is is uh, is operating. So, you know, you might consider removing a property that has a has a series of complaints or, or safety concerns. Um, and the, the really uh, sensible thing to do then is is to bolt on sustainability accessibility onto that um, and then you cover all bases in 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 one uh, one audit if you like that can be put in place and and we're, we're very much hoping that, that that becomes the norm going forward that um, you know this idea of, of um, hygiene coming to the fore now because of covid well can we have an audit that looks after um, health, safety, and security? Um, that's come up obviously recently as, as well, um, and, and also have, have, have the, uh, the social responsibility added into that. It's a complete picture of, of, of how a property or, or a supplier is, is behaving, um, and reassuring you as a, as a, as a travel provider that, that they have everything in place. And that then completes the full package. You're able to really communicate to your partners what you're doing, to your customers, how you're doing it um, in order to protect themselves, their travel, their stay, their experience and their and their health. And um, uh, I guess that's that's really what it's all about. People want to come away. They want to relax and they want to enjoy themselves. And you want to be part of that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, customers are part of that as well. You know, they, they have their own responsibility to keep themselves safe when, when they're traveling. Um, uh, you know that there is obviously ultimate the ultimate responsibility is with the package provider. They have to um, demonstrate that uh, that their supply chain is, is is fit for purpose and that you know that the, the, the services will, will be delivered properly. Uh, that's, that's the legal requirement. But but yeah, you know if if you want to use it as a USP and 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 tell clients maybe, maybe subtly you know it, it might not be the the, the main marketing point for, for your organization but certainly with things things like environmental policies and and um uh, you know running sustainable business yourself but also choosing the right suppliers who are, who are doing the same thing i think will become more and more important we can we can see what's happening in the wider world around that at the moment um and you know i think uh, travel is is probably looked at um suspiciously sometimes in terms of whether it you know whether it has a negative impact on the environment and um i think that you know tour operators package providers will, will need to demonstrate that they're doing all they possibly can to make it as sustainable as possible long term wonderful thank you david very much for giving that insight today that's been uh, really interesting to explore more sort of like these audits and, and what this means to businesses no problem at all thanks very much well, that was uh, David Atkin, Managing Director and Safety Consultant at Sanderson Phillips. You can check out more of our episodes on travelmarket.life. Um, that is also on haynesmarcoms.agency or within any of the podcast channels from Apple to Spotify to Google. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we look forward to the next episode. So check that out in the next week. I'm Ryan Haynes, your host. Ciao. For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcoms digital marketing agency production serving the travel and technology industries.